Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. In the cold winter of 1989, a Sabat pack who has suffered an immeasurable loss is given an ultimatum. Go to the Twin Cities of Minnesota, investigate why a deeply embedded pack has stopped reporting back, or meet their final death. This is Vampire the Masquerade, Twin Cities by Night, Sorrow, a tale of loss and regret that follows the Sabat pack known as the Nothing. Join us with Becca playing Linda, a Milkavian anti-tribute, Craig playing Jake, a pander, Jordan playing Abigail, a Ravenous anti-tribute, Monica playing Jenny, a Shimizi, and Slavic playing Charlie, a Bruja anti-tribute, and Chris as the storyteller. If you'd like to contact us, you can find us on Twitter, at twin underscore cities underscore btm or on facebook and discord as twin cities by night we hope you enjoy so you all find yourself back at your nest where you have resided since you have came to montreal i'll go ahead and say scenes on you guys as you are inside of the living area the living room right now after finding out the information and accepting this task go ahead so we really going to do this uh yes. I mean doesn't sound like we have much of a choice. Aren't like as the swords of Cain or whatever, aren't we supposed to be free? Like I wasn't gonna say no to the dude's face, but I mean I didn't vote for the archbishop or something. Like the I mean I don't I don't pretend I don't pretend to know anything about this life or whatever, but Aren't there supposed to be like rules against wiping each other out or telling each other what to do? Isn't that what Felix would always preach about? Yeah, but I feel like he mostly meant within the group, within our little family. Right. But isn't like that Sangris guy, isn't he supposed to be like our old great uncle or something and part of the family and we're all family and i mean dude talked about contemplation of destroying us we all have parts to play and he is seeing fit that this is our part and honestly it is about time that we've gotten moving being here has dragged us down too much right but like Gotta go back to the U.S. I mean, how are we even going to do that? Like, I don't have a birth certificate on me. We don't need such things, Jake. We are beyond that. I do agree with Linda. We've been here too long. We're stagnating. We don't know what our previous leaders were up to in their secret meetings. We don't know what led to their unfortunate and untimely demise. But we have to find out. If not for them, then for us. What's, what's there to find out? Our purpose. What are we going to do without them? Are we just going to live our own lives like we would have done as humans until one day we follow in their footsteps? No. We have to do more. We're meant to do more. And Jake kind of stands there like realizing he's not breathing and then starts breathing again. Besides, Jake, if your uncle asked you to do a thing as part of the family because part of the other the other half of the family has gone missing and hasn't reported back wouldn't you do that for like for us for instance of course i'd do it for you but i i never even heard of this other pack we who even 
who are they even? We have like no leads on this. All we got was go to fucking Minnesota of all places. It's like almost as cold as it is here there. Ugh, I'm that's all we have. Quick uh storyteller interruption. You were given by one of the officials an address to a hotel room where this revenant who kind of called them was located at. And the name of the pack was Drada Black. All right, let me rewind that a little bit. Sorry, storyteller fault. No, no, no. Yeah. it's fine. It's fine. Okay. All we got is a name and a hotel room. Like, what do we, what do we do? Well, I think we're gonna go and at least talk to that person in that hotel room and see what they know. I feel like if we just try and get along and and try and come back with at least a little information, we'll be safe. We've said yes. If we now say no, we'll be dead anyway. Maybe that'd be for the best. Jake, there's no reason to think like that. We have much time to find what's going on. The, the path will become clear as we walk it. Abigail is correct. I don't know, Lynn. When Jake says, you know, maybe that would be best, Linda, you know, reinforces I, the ideas of Abigail. Jenny's going to look at Jake and just kind of swat him on the arm, saying, oh, yeah, stop talking like that. Let's just do this together as a family. We figure this out. We get things done. And then we go our own way. We make our own story, okay? Sure. Uh, minivan, then? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Good, good role-playing there. So, you answered one of my questions. You guys are going to be taking a minivan. Who would be driving this minivan? And how would people be sitting in this minivan? Jenny has experience with minivans, so she would volunteer. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> Jenny would drive. Who would be sitting shotgun next to Jenny? Well, we don't get tired, so it's not like we have to take turns driving because it's not like drive plus stamina or anything. No, because we're vampires. Exactly. So I don't know. I, I it's probably quite a drive. It's probably what fourteen hours or something like that. Yeah. So we'd probably stop off when we need to refuel and switch things up if we want a different view. Okay. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna cut to you all being in the van. And you guys are driving on I-94. So we're going to take it. I just need to know right now. Jenny's going to be driving. Who, would anyone be sitting next to Jenny in shotgun? Okay. I think Abigail would volunteer for that. Abigail would. All right. And then Linda and Jake will be sitting in the back, like in, you know, in some of those seats. I would say yeah. maybe even like, I don't know, next to each other, but maybe Jake would be in one row and Linda would be in one row. Kind of, you know, I think Jake that. would be in the back, like maybe like tuning his guitar or something. That's a good thing. I can see that. Yeah, he's like sitting back there with his guitar as you guys are driving. All right. So you guys are driving on the I-94 and you're going west. A snowstorm has started for like the last day. You've been driving through some heavy snow and it's still going on. You get that weird dizzy feeling sometimes, Jenny and Abigail, while you're sitting in the front there and you see the snow going forward and your lights cutting through the snow. You see that there are snow plows that are driving the opposite way on the I-94 going east. And you can see that it's plowing. And you see snow is kind of shooting off from the sides under the side of the road. Jenny, you're actually kind of used to driving in snowy conditions because you're from New York and you drove a minivan in snowy conditions before. So you're used to dealing with kind of like the when you lose traction a little bit, but you're going at a pretty good rate. Before we continue... I would like you all to roll 1d10 to find out how much blood you currently have in your blood pool, please. And let me know once you have done that. I got eight. Five for Jake. Four for Jenny. Two for Becca. Okay. 
Becca, it's feeling a little on edge right now. I'm very hungry. Very hungry right now, indeed. Um, so, like, I, I just imagine that Linda's kind of sitting in the middle. You know, it's one of those, the middle seats of this minivan where, like, it, it can only really fit two people on it. And she's, like, sitting right between and kind of, like, leaning forward, um, almost, like, sticking her head between Jenny and Abigail. And she's, like, getting real antsy and just probably not even saying anything, just being more obnoxious with being there. Like a kid who can't tell you that they need to go to the bathroom in the car ride? Perfect. Yes, exactly like that. Jenny, when you see the figure of Linda's head kind of looking forward, you feel that instinctual, because I believe you rolled a nine for her when it came to the Valdery, if I'm reading the chart correctly. Rolled a nine for... Oh, no, that's me. for Jake. That's for Jake. Excuse me, let me... Uh, Okay, Jake, you, as you're plucking away at your guitar, you can kind of sense the tenseness from Linda as she's leaning forward. You've actually probably have learned to look at, and I don't want to like degrade what she does as quote-unquote quirkiness, but you often learn have learned to read her moods and read how she acts, and you're kind of getting that antsy feeling from her, which you know can be myriad of reasons what could be causing it, but you can definitely feel that right now. Linda, you are leaning your head forward and you feel a calming hand rubbing your upper back. What do you do? It it takes Linda clearly a moment to register what's happening because she's so focused on that internal hunger, but not being able to communicate it. And she just like, even though she's being obnoxious and really leaning forward and trying to get into Jenny and Abigail's spaces, She's really focused on the in on what's going on inside of her. And then she feels that calming. I, I'm assuming this is something that she's kind of experienced in the past already. No, actually. No. Is, no. I mean, you don't even know who's touching you on the back. You don't even know who's rubbing you on okay. the back right now. You just kind of feel someone rubbing you on the back while you're leaning forward. Okay. Then if that's the case, um, it, it takes her a couple more moments after realizing, oh, somebody's touching me that she'll lean back and like lean into it, but then try to look around like, Oh, is that Jake? And when you look around, you expect to see Jake for a second. And instead you see the face that you've been searching for, for the last two years, that face that you saw in the crowd. And you see that she's sitting next to you on this other seat to your right in the van. And she's just looking at you smiling and she, you feel her continuing to rub your upper back. Like she's trying to calm you down. It's that complete shock. I didn't expect to see her in this situation. And, and and given how she's processing everything internally, it's she she kind of goes into that little kid reverence, just big eyes staring at this woman, pleading for answers with her eyes. Calm down. You just hear this voice coming out of her mouth. You never heard her talk this whole time. You've never heard her voice you just hear it just kind of like it goes through your ears and echoes throughout your body it's gonna be okay hello you can talk to me hello and you all are hearing this not you're hearing her side of this conversation go on hi so you made it here huh yes i mean this is where we're supposed to be going yes i'm so happy you're doing so well i was worried oh this this was your idea, wasn't it? Not all of it, but things are falling together as, he, as I hope they will. 
what are you wanting us to do? Oh, that's such a complicated answer. It really is. There's so many moving parts going on and I can't see it all. I want you to be careful. I have a spot for you. I have a place for you, my plans. You love these people who are with you, huh? I can, I can feel that. I can feel it radiate from you. And Linda's just nodding her head. Yeah, it's love that keeps me going, that keeps me doing this. Why do you think you are here? Well, we were told to go here, but there's something more. I just know it. I just don't know what it is yet. Do you hear the waves yet? And Linda will take a, a long moment to actually see if she hears the waves. She doesn't. No, no, I don't. Don't when will I hear them? You see a shrug. They happen. It happens at everyone's own time. This place is special that you're going to. You see your friends here. When they look out these windows, they just see land and they see snow and they see material stuff. But underneath everything, Linda, underneath everything, there's something else. Around every corner, there's something unseen. You, me, people like us. We are all connected because we can see beyond. I think what may have happened to those two that you loved is they saw too much. And unlike us, they just cannot handle it. Poor, poor Paya and Felix. Again, you all are like, like the fuck, like hearing this conversation going. And I, out of character, before we continue this conversation, am I correct in that Linda doesn't really talk to herself in front of them that much? Like she just doesn't start having conversations with people, like her thing's more nuanced, or am I wrong in that? Like, would, it, would this be something that they witnessed you do before? Like, have a conversation with someone who wasn't there? or If this is the first time where I'm actually having a conversation with her, then yes, this is the first time that they're hearing me talk to somebody. They've probably heard her pray at her little, little shrines that she's made up in her spaces. But no, she doesn't just have conversations. Or, and she doesn't just pray when other people are around. Are you worried about your friends here? I'm always worried, but I know we will come out strong. That's good. That's what I need to hear. I may need their help too, but they cannot know that. Just be careful. Let me tell you this, Linda. I told you this place is special. There's an ocean here. There's something that this city taps into. And when I say ocean, I don't mean a literal ocean. I mean a stream of consciousness, a stream of creation, a body of creation. And while it may draw people like you and me, who want to ensure that's okay. It draws others who want more from it. And a lot of people who are drawn to it don't even know that they are being drawn to it. They reframe it in their heads as being motivations for other things. Power, influence, land, and it brings other things. So be careful. This is a special place, but it's also a scary place. But I'm fighting what I can fight. You should really feed and as you say that, you blink your eyes and she's gone. I need you to give oh, me a self-control no. roll, please. Difficulty four. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, we will do. But she's like, she's getting to that point where she's like, oh, I haven't even asked who you are yet. And then she's gone. Yeah. And I think that's the most devastating thing to Linda. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, that's maybe that can... In, Maybe that can lead to the self-control role. Like, oh, I didn't even get to ask my question. And then you come back and you're just confronted by that hunger. So, sorry, self-control? Yes, please. Difficult. Oh, six. Lord. Okay. Sweet baby Jesus. Oh, Lord. Hey, I got one success. Awesome. <laughs> so when she leaves, 
let's cut back to the scene real quick. You all have been hearing Linda just say what she said. And you all look, I assume, take glances like, what the fuck? Or look in the rearview mirror. And you just see this intensity come across her face. Go ahead. Scenes on you guys. Are you okay there, Lynn? Hey, 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 Jenny, you might need to pull over a bit. Lynn's having a, I don't know. What's going on? Jenny's going to turn her head um, and see Linda's face suddenly there. She's going to jump a little. Say, what's the matter, Linda? I, I need to feed. Okay. Okay. Let me find a place with people that's a little not inconspicuous. A little bit difficult in the middle of a snowstorm, but okay, we'll get you something. Jenny, as you're driving along, let me, let me ask before we get to this next scene. I want to know what's going on in everyone's head. Jenny, what's going on in your head right now with everything that just happened? Jenny's driving in sort of a trance, you know, when you're driving long distance and everything just kind of becomes background noise. Uh, she's a little bit in her head, just trying to get herself in a headspace to get us to the right location. And also in her mind, she's trying to quiet the anxieties of what it could have been that Felix and Paya could have done that could have led them to this point. So Linda's sudden hunger t- took her by surprise. What about the conversation that you just kind of heard her have, the one-sided conversation where she was maybe talking to herself? or She always kind of assumes that Linda's a little bit off her rocker. So she just figured, oh, it's Linda being Linda. Abigail, what's going on in your head at this moment? Abigail is trying to think about, okay, uh, what would be a convenient thing to do where we can quickly get something to eat from? Because this is a snowstorm. <laughs> Also, yeah, she has a bit of the same feel about Linda. She loves Linda, but Linda is a little different. So this is just an extra step on being different. She's special. (laughs) Then, Jake, what's going on with what you... Because you kind of had more of a... You saw more of this conversation, you know, what was happening. They didn't. They heard it. You saw how she was turning. It looked like she was looking at someone, you know, it looked like that. She thought someone, you, you could tell, see her mannerisms when it was going on, the body language. What's going on in your head with all this? Well, Linda doesn't typically have like episodes or anything in front of us. Like she's, she's always like a little bit slow to come to a decision, it seems like. But he'd like never like in his head put her on like, say, like the autistic spectrum or anything. But he's like, probably tried several times to get her attention and like ask her what's going on. And it was probably the last time where she finally heard him. And that's a bit concerning for him. Yeah, definitely. So Jenny, you're driving along and you see that there is a shell station. That's kind of like an exit. Cause you're all, you assume you're like on the outskirts of Minneapolis right now. The last sign you saw said like 15 minutes or excuse me, 15 miles till Minneapolis. And you see that there's a sh- shell station. And it looks like there's not like a lot of cars from what you're telling. You see the exit sign for Shell, you know, coming up and you look and you see like these lights coming from it and you see the snows kind of like masking the street lights that are off there. But it looks like it's a possibility there that you could take or you could go somewhere else. It's up to you. Jenny's going to see the gas station and she's going to kind of squint her eyes a little bit, trying to see if she can guess how many people are inside, because, you know, usually there's people buying store uh, stuff at the store. So she's going to pull up at one of the pumps, check for cameras, and then look at Abigail and say, hey, go inside, do a head count. 
As you're driving up onto the exit and you go by the pumps, you see on the dash clock of this minivan, it says like 10.05 p.m. right now. So you ha- you guys have about eight hours till sunlight. So go ahead, scenes back on you guys. Yeah, sure thing. And even before the van is actually at a standstill, she'll pop on and casually walk up to uh, the little store that is connected to the tank station. Yeah, and you see there's actually only one car that's parked next to the gas station. It's like this Toyota Corolla, like a beat up blue looking one. And you walk and it feels kind of different already kind of being in the States. You have had a little bit of time in the States, but you see like some things aren't in French and it's like in English when you see the gas prices and stuff and you kind of walk, get out of this van and you walk through the gas pumps and you're, before we continue, what are you exactly like wearing right now? You're wearing your Gothic, like get up attire, but more leather. So are you wearing like pants and boots and like a jacket like that? Okay. So you feel your boots like kind of stepping in slush and you can kind of feel like it splatter is like, you know, you feel the salt and everything that has been laid out for so traction can happen. Go grit underneath your boot heel. You walk up to the cement and you see on your left and right before you even go in the gas station, there's like firewood that's being sold that has like been protected from the snow because there's a little overhang over it. And you see on the right, there's like ice chest, which right now it's probably not being used a lot, but during the summer where people can get bags of ice if they want to buy it. And you see from within a gas station convenience store, you, you know, the big glass panes there that you can see through, you can see the, the fluorescent light that is coming from the overhead, like those uh, lights that most of these gas stations have. You see rows, this is before you even step in, you see rows of like selling like snacks or different things. So you can see in the back wall that there's like free, uh, refrigerators where they have drinks and you see on the left, there's a counter where you see that there's this guy. He looks to be maybe like 20, 30. And this is while you're opening the door, walking in. He has like a blonde mustache. He has like blonder hair that is kind of longish. It's kind of got like not that good of a haircut. So it looks a little shaggy on him. And you see that he's reading his magazine that he has splayed out on the counter right next to a cash register. And you see behind him, there's like cigarettes and there's prophylactics and there's like different kind of like the more expensive alcohol you know like bought fifths of different kind of alcohol that they don't want to be out in the open because people can steal them and he just kind of looks up at you for a second and you see there's a moment where he looks a little like oh you know when he sees you walk in because your parents from what i you have like a parents of four right so you when you walk in you kind of see him straighten up for a second he looks at you and he just kind of closes the magazine he sees like a us magazine and he kind of slides it to the side and he's like yeah can i help you what are you doing now on this night you okay yeah. Hi. Um, hey. hey, how's it going? It's it's okay. Uh, we I think we maybe took a wrong turn or there seems to be something wrong with our minivan. Oh, he looks out the window, you see him see it. It's like, oh, you got friends? Yeah, a couple, but friends. It's it's more like a sort of family thing. Oh, you're here with your family. Oh, yeah. you see it's a little like dejected when you say you're there with your family because he sees like the chances of him like hooking up with you have kind of like the scales have gone against his favor and he's like well i could take a look i could take a look i i'm not you know it's worth a try and if anything i can call you you, you guys a tow truck if you need hey, oh th- would you really want to do that of course i mean i'd help you out yeah of course he's like let me get my jacket here and he turns around you see like there's a coat thing behind where he's like his jacket's hanging he gets this jacket it's kind of like a blue sky blue and it has like purple stripes on the sleeves and he like kind of puts it up and he zips it up and he puts like the hood or he's like yeah let's go take a look out there he's like where's your jacket you're not cold out there i we didn't 
I lost my jacket. Oh, geez. it's a bit stupid. Oh. But I'm I'm fine. Like it was only the little trip towards towards well you. So well, I'm glad I'm here. I'm good help. And he just kind of like puts his hand on his shoulder on your shoulder for a little bit and just kind of squeezes it. And he pushes out the open the door. You guys are in the vehicle and you see this figure walking out. And he has like that sky blue poncho, you know, with the '80s purple slashes along the slide. And you see he has blue jeans and like uh, some white tennis shoes on. And he like walks up and you see him walking towards it and he sees you, Jenny, in the vehicle. And he's just kind of like, uh, uh, does like the wave and everything. And he's like, so he turns to you, Abigail. And this, the wind is blowing. He's like, so uh, what's going on with your vehicle here? I don't know. There is something wrong with the tires. The, the tires. And you see him kind of like, he walks and he, he walks by your side, Jenny. And he like, you see him kicking the tire by like the driver's side. And then he goes like, towards the other side he goes to the rear side driver's side and he kicks the tire nothing happens then he walks around you can see him walking around because the sliding door is actually on the passenger side so he kicks like the passenger back tire and then you see him kind of like walking around so linda what are you going to do at this moment what's the plan of action right now as he's walking around like who's going to do well actually abigail i need you to do a self-control role for me difficulty six because you are let's dive into this we know your vice and we know what you do how often has Abigail been doing this in these last two years? Pretty often. Pretty often. Is it because of a lack of self-control and opportunities like this pop up? I thought you meant using her beauty to get what she wants. Um, oh, no, no, no. I mean the other one. I mean the one that you inherited. <laughs> the, the Oh, that one. The murder. Oh, the murder one. Yeah. Um, not that much. Okay. She, she has done it a couple times. Hmm. But it, it really helped that Felix was around. He helped her through most of that. Oh, so would you say, and, and you, don't have, you don't have to agree with this or whatever. It's just something I want to uh, spitball at you. Would you say that like due to the stress of going into a new city, of this tasking, of seeing Linda like kind of on the verge of frenzying almost, having to put on this front, would you say the, the layer of pressure would add to that desire to have it? What's the word I'm thinking of? not an outlet, but a outpouring of like that aggression in the form of murdering someone, you know, cause I look at like everything that happened before in the prelude, all that intense shit that happened during the brace, the release, that's one thing of the release was you smashing that guy's head in and putting your fingers in his like eyes and just like demolishing his skull. Would this be an opportunity for a release that you would sense like this buildup or would, would that not be like, would this not be a good situation? I think it is a little bit of, everything everything about the situation is different she's not in her home place or at least the place she called home for the last couple of years mm-hmm. that means that she's out of her comfort zone very nervous about this mission that they are on so yeah that's definitely playing a part so let's have you roll a self-control role then difficulty six as you see this man walking towards and you know like he's might be walking to a trap at this point so chris how do i do that because I know that, do I just roll straight this dice yep. I have for self-control? Yep, straight self-control. Oh, boy. Yeah, I know. It's a clan flaw. I'm sorry. I managed to get two successes. Good. How, how many, just curious, how many dice do you have in that? Because you look scared. Rolling. Holy shit, that's good. Very good. So you see this opportunity as the man's walking to where you know the opening to like where Linda could probably get at him or something like that. But you feel like, I would almost say you could equate 
what you're feeling right now to like, okay, there's a purpose here. You tap into the the relationship you have with Felix and you realize I can't lose my shit right now. This is not a good place to do this. And you're able to like close your eyes and focus in as you're standing there kind of waiting. Now let's see what happens. This guy, Jake and Linda, you see him walking past the window of the minivan. What's your plan here, Linda? I know you're hungry. What, what do you plan to do? So as soon as the van rolled to a stop, because I think you mentioned that there was another vehicle that Got was it. pumping gas. Oh, there's another vehicle parked, and that is oh, this gotcha. guy's vehicle probably. So he's the only one there right now. Oh, okay. So when we came to a stop, like someone would have had to, in some form, physically restrain Lena from jumping out of the vehicle. I would assume that would be Jake because he can see her. And so um, unless he lets go of her, um, she would likely just sit there just waiting. Um, cause she, she trusts Jake to, to know, but her, what's going on in her mind is if she's allowed to do it, she would open up that side door and grab the guy and pull him in. So Jake, you're holding on to Linda and you could feel this tenseness as you got your arms around her and you have potents, I believe. Right. So like, it's not really difficult to hold on to her right now. So you see this figure doop, doop, walking, like you see his head go by. He's kind of trying to like look in and you see, there's a moment where he kind of like sees you holding her and he kind of like. Those the Midwest are like, oh, he's just like, he's about to walk off. What are you, what are you, are you going to let him walk by or what are you going to do, Jake? Jake is really torn because like Linda needs to feed. And I mean, we, this is the purpose. And he kind of also feels trapped in this van because it's not like it's back in the late eighties. So vans didn't have two sided, uh, uh, rolling doors. So he can't just go out the other way. And he's like holding on to Linda and he knows what's going to happen if he lets go. And he like part of him's like selfish, like ah, he doesn't want her to like bring him in here, but doesn't necessarily know that's her plan. But also just kind of wants to leave because he doesn't want to see what he knows is going to happen. So I think uh, Jake is actually going to wait till he is actually past the door before like letting go of Linda, then open the door and probably then just going to walk into the store himself. So he doesn't have to watch. So Johnny, you can see how the rear view, you can look in the rear view mirror and you can see Jake holding on to Linda and you see him, there's this tension in the air. Cause you were kind of looking too at this guy walking around and you see Jake just, once the guy passes the window on the side of the sliding door, you see Jake's hand come out and you see this too, Linda. And you, you feel like this, like this anticipation as he like opens the door and he lets you go. I need you to roll me a self-control roll, please. Difficulty four. Can I, like, regardless of what Linda's doing, just, like, walk away from the car? Yeah, Jake's going to see what they have on the liquor cabinet. So what did you get, Linda? Two successes. Awesome. So, Jake, you just beeline. But, Linda, you're out of that vehicle. You get out of the van when the guy passes you for a second. Because, you know, it goes, you hear that sliding open. Jake just goes forward. You get out of the van. You're a little excited. You almost slide a little bit like on the, on the slush and you grab hold of the side of the van and you see this Abigail. You see this moment where she comes out and she like puts her hand on the opening of the van to like stabilize herself. And then you just see like her hand, like come her palm of her hand go across the van as she's like following right behind this guy. Like it's almost like this instinctual predator thing. It's like she's out, discombobulate for a second, stops and just, just glides almost. This figure in white as you're seeing the snow come across, you see this guy like trying to keep himself warm and he goes to turn and kick the other tire. And then you see Linda is like right on him. 
right in the moment, like gets him on the side. And he like kind of tips over for a second, slips on the snow and falls in the snow. But then you see that he kind of closes his eyes. You see a smile like come across his face. Linda, your teeth sunk into his neck. You feel the synthetic hair of his hood, like kind of brushing against your face. And you can hear your shirt, like your dress going against that, that weird polyester material that his jacket's made of. It's almost like a cushioning. It feels like a pillow a little bit when you fall on top of him. How many blood pool points are you taking? You could take three, but he'll be passed out in the snow here. Or you could take more. I've had you roll self-control rolls so far, and it's not really on your it's in, in your hands right now. Given Linda's humanity and the fact that she has so far made her self-control rolls, she will only like she'll take the three, but she doesn't want to push it. She doesn't want to she's still cognizant enough to be like oh yeah life's important i don't want to just snuff it out so you take three blood pool points from him what are you going to do with this figure who's in the snow abigail will push linda off in if that needs to happen but she'll she'll try and get jake to get him back so you see like while she's feeding right so you're taking this all in and jenny you're seeing this through the driver's side window. I, I assume you're staying in the van. Or are you getting out of the van, Jenny? Let me let me ask you that before we continue. Jenny would stay in the van, but keep a close eye on the situation with either the side mirrors or the rear view mirror. So you see Abigail as you're standing there, right? You see Linda feeding off this guy. And you look and you see Jake stepping into the convenience store. You can see the silhouette of him. Jake, you're in this convenience store. You said you're just grabbing bottles of liquor from within there. You're behind the counter and you're grabbing fifths and you see that you could get to this cash register. I don't know if you'd want to or not, but you see that there's a cash register there also. What do you choose to do? I mean, humanity six, which is like one of those weird things. I think what uh, Jake will do is um, just grab uh, two bottles of probably like some sort of Northern Canadian whiskey type stuff and walk out of there and see how like, Abigail has kind of like uh, positioned the body and Jake will take one of the bottles and like kind of like set it inside the car, take the other bottle, open it up and take a giant swig out of it, catch his breath, even though he doesn't have to, and take another giant swig and then kind of like help uh, Abigail prop her up, spill some of the booze on, on this guy and get some like on his face and then kind of nestle the bottle in his arm. Problem solved. Can we? It looks good, but he's gonna freeze to death over here. So can we at least get him behind the counter or something, drinking on the job? Sure. You see this, Linda, too. As you like stand up, you feel more refreshed. You feel like yourself, and you see these two talking, and then they see them dragging this body as they like are trying to pull it along. You see them like they kind of do like one arm over his shoulder, one arm over her shoulder, and then they kind of like. Are lifting him, dragging him along. You see, they open the door, and you can see the silhouette of them putting him like behind the counter. You turn and you look, and you see Jenny is looking at you through the the passenger side of the van. Like she's sitting in the driver's side, she's looking at you guys, you right now. Go ahead, scenes on you guys. Well, at least he's not going to freeze. Um, maybe he'll come through before someone else finds him, and if that's the case. Good for him, I guess. Yeah. But I think we better just go now before anyone comes. Yeah. Good thing we fueled up at the last place. 
It's so funny. Like how different this is from wars. Wars, they're like, fucking raise hell. Oh, like, everyone's like, shit, we gotta be sneaky here. We can't let you know what I mean? Like, we can't let anyone know. We, you know, we're all like incognito, you know. So you guys are all back in the van. Now you have this address to this hotel. Do you guys choose to go to this hotel now, or what are you guys going to do from now? What's the plan? We should probably find some place like priorities would be shelter from the morning that's coming because i mean it is a hotel that we're going to but do we necessarily want to be in the same hotel as whoever we're making contact with i don't think so i think we should find something else maybe a shitty motel or something i mean it's minnesota i think most of the hotels are shitty here i don't know i've never been here i did a hockey camp in mankato when i was younger but it's been a while Here's the thing. You guys used your minivan for a good part. You know, you wrapped yourselves in blankets. You kind of were <laughs> were struggling a bit, you know, on the way here. We can find you like a, if you want to find like a shitty motel room and use a sh- the motel room for your, your haven, we could do that uh, before, before your, for your nest, before you talk to this person, or you could talk to this person, decide afterwards. It's kind of your call, what you guys want to do. You tell me what you want to do. We could t- kind of take it from there. I think uh, Abigail and Jake are kind of having this conversation as we get back towards the car. And it's not like we're making a secret of it. Yeah. And you guys are all in the van. We can say you're getting in the van and you guys are continuing the conversation. So the scene's on you guys. Go ahead. Jake was like, well, the van worked on the road because we didn't really have much of a choice. But in a city, you got, you know, people who might decide that they might want that person sitting on the seat or something and we don't want them investigating during the daylight so no indeed but do we want to face that that person now or do we want to wait until tomorrow my vote is for tomorrow but whatever i mean i don't want to face them at all but i i guess tomorrow might be better logistically a nest first would be most excellent Jenny Shu, what are you doing? <laughs> Jenny Shu's like, they all say it, they're looking at you. <laughs> Jenny's uh, focused on driving and she's in agreement that we need to find a haven for the night. We definitely don't want to sleep in a van. So she's going to nod her head and say, I'm not really sure that we want to go to our de- destination tonight, especially after all the driving we've done and some of us feeling less than ideal at the moment. I mean, her, she's at four blood points so she's in favor of just getting a hotel settling down for the night and picking up the next evening yeah we could do that now would you want to look like for a cheaper motel i take it like or a hotel or okay would you want the kind that has like the door facing outside or the kind where you have to go in a hotel and kind of like go through that way i don't know i don't think she cares just anything cheap and inconspicuous Okay. Or on the outside might be uh, easier in case we need to get rid of something or get out of the room quickly. Let's say you roll up to this motel where the doors are all facing outward. You see that it's called the Knights Inn, and you drive up to the front and you see that there's this glass door and you see a couple windows of like where the office area is at. And you see there's this lady who's working there. She has her hair in a ponytail, she has black hair. And she looks to be maybe like in her early 20s. And she just kind of has her feet kicked up on the desk. And you see she's like reading the bo- a book right now in her hands. As you guys, that's all you just see. She's reading this paperback book. 
you see like there's a TV behind her and you can see like the glow of the TV kind of light in the room. You see there's like a lamp and the office that's kind of like illuminated enough to where she can read it, but it's kind of a dimmer. Like she's maybe would like if she could sleep, you know, later that night, she can just like turn off the lamp and sleep in there until customers come. And you see that there's like a, a, a bell on the desk there. If you wanted to walk up and like, you know, she wasn't there and you guys park in front there. What are you guys doing? So should I try walking and fix us two rooms? Go ahead, honey. And off she goes again. <laughs> she, you get out and you walk in. You see this girl looks up at you and you see there's like a admiration, like, okay, like a kindred soul look, you know, when you, when you walk in, like she sees how you're dressed and you kind of see, she's kind of has that, like you can see when you rolled up, but you see she has like a Metallica shirt on and she has like some jeans with some holes in, on the knees. She has like some black Reeboks on. And you see, she puts a book down and it's like my journey to the ninth circle you see on there and you see her. She just kind of looks at you. She's like, can I help you? Do you need a room? Honey, you need a room? First of all, great book. Oh. Second of all, I'm here with my family and we need probably two rooms. Okay. Is, yeah, that, yeah. is that possible? Yeah, sure. Smoking, non-smoking? Mm, either is fine. Do, do you want connected rooms? Yeah, I think it. Yeah, do. Please. Okay. Yeah, sure. She's like, that'll be uh, $30 a night for both rooms. So $60, is that good? Yeah, sure. Right. And she, she turns and... around. Yeah, she grabs yeah. two keys and she gives you a little form to fill out. You know, back in the 80s where you could totally lie about, you know, your name or whatever and pay for cash. It's like, if you go ahead and fill this out here and she's like, here's the two keys there. And she's like, uh, we have an ice maker that's down there and you could just step outside and get ice if you want to. But we also have a Coke machine and a vending machine by the ice maker there too. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. Okay. So where are our rooms exactly? And she pulls out this like little laminated plastic map. And she's like, okay, you see here on the far southeast corner there, you're in room number nine and number 10 there. Lovely. Thank you so much. Where are you from? You're not from around here. Don't you know? I don't, I, what's that accent from? Uh, a little bit of everywhere. Me and my family, we try to travel around quite a bit. So you're really everywhere. Vacation? Sort of a permanent family vacation, really. Yeah. Wow, that sounds fun. I mean, what what brings you here, especially in the middle of winter? This place is so boring. This place is so boring. You really think so? I've I mean, heard such great things. I guess everyone says that, but I mean, I've been here my whole damn life. I I don't know. I don't know. I like your jacket. Oh, gee, thanks. But I bet there is a place we can go at some point. Yeah. Like, We'll probably be here for a couple of days. Like I have to discuss and then we'll upgrade our plan, etc. But you know, just show me around the city. Like you say it's boring, but for me who's never been here, probably super interesting. So you want me to show you around? You want to like how about you okay, you come by here tomorrow. I I go come on work at like six. I'll come in like a couple hours early, like at four or five, and then I'll so we can go get some drinks or something. Yeah, maybe a, a little later, maybe. Nah. Well, I can do five next should time. work. Five? Okay. Nah, five should work. It, of course, it depends on what my family is planning, but otherwise, I'll let you know. All right. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Actually, tomorrow, not tomorrow, but the day after will be good. I'm just off the day after. So I could just like, we could set the time then. All right. Just let me know tomorrow what day, you know, what you could do the next day and we'll make it work. And you can see she's like stuttering over her words. Like she's a little like intimidated by you, but kind of like, wants to hang out with you, you know, kind of thing. So she just kind of like, you know, pushes the keys towards you. And she, she, she's blushing a little bit. 
she's smiling. When you see Abigail turn around to walk out to you guys, you see like this girl is like sitting up more intently. Like she's looking at Abigail walk out as Abigail opens the door and gets in the vehicle with the keys. If you're enjoying Vampire the Masquerade, Twin Cities by Night Sorrow, and are looking for more Sabbat stories, you can check out our Vampire the Masquerade story, Wars on Fire, which tells the tale of the Pale Riders Pack and takes place on the border of Texas and Mexico. We hope you enjoy it.